It's 4.30. Okay, thank you. Andrea, we're going to go ahead and call to order the Watermaster, Mojave Basin Area Watermaster meeting, February 28th at 4.30 p.m. And I'd like to call Deronda Smith up to do our invocation, please. Followed by Jeff Gastro with our pledge. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so very much for this meeting that's taking place this evening. We thank you that you have given us a free will and a mind and a heart to do what's best for the people of this area. We pray that all the information that's provided tonight, which there's a lot of it, that you would help us all to understand it, to process it, and that the board would make right decisions. We thank you for Marina being the chair of this meeting now. We pray that you give her a special dispensation of wisdom and strength and power. We thank you for all the rain that you've given us. We thank you, thank you for the rain. And we thank you that um, you are good and do good for those who love you. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. <clears throat> um, can we have a roll call, please? Director Cox. Uh, she, she's going to be a little late today. Okay. Director Hoffman. Here. Director Limbaugh. Here. Director Page. Here. Director Ramirez. Oh, he's absent. Director Raleigh. Here. And Chair West. Present. Okay, can I get an approval of the agenda? I guess we're voting today on the Granicus. Approval of the agenda. Thank you, Mike. Director Page. So I have a first and a second, and we'll go ahead and do that vote for the approval of the agenda. All right, moving on, um, public participation. Public comment period is limited to five minutes per person and not more than 15 minutes in total. Anyone wishing to address any matter pertaining to the Watermaster business listed on the agenda or not may do so at this time. However, the Watermaster may not take any action on items that are not on the agenda. Please submit a speaker card to the recording secretary prior to the start of the meeting or as soon as you can. I know I have several speaker cards for item seven. Are there any speakers at this time? Yes, we have one speaker online. Thank you. Um, is that Mr. Moore? Yes, Toby Moore. All right, Mr. Moore, um, proceed, please. 
Thank you and good evening members of the board. My name is Dr. Toby Moore and I'm the Water Resources Manager and Chief Hydrogeologist for Golden State Water Company. I'd like to make just a brief comment regarding item seven and that's in relation to the PSY update that's part of the FPA allowance discussion. Golden State has provided written comments on the update and that is before you this evening and is included in your agenda packet. And we respectfully request that Watermaster consider those written comments in your deliberations. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Moore. Any additional online or present? Not at this time. Thank you very much. All right, we'll go ahead and go to consent calendar, adopt actions from January 24th, and accept bills for payment. Okay. <clears throat> so at this time, we're going to go to item seven. Consider proposed recommendation for free production allowance for water year 2425. Adnan? Good evening. Thank you. Yes, a couple of uh, intro uh, comments. One, we did receive pu public comments on this, uh, written comments rather, uh, from both the California Department of Fish and Wildlife as well as Golden State Water. Uh, company, as mentioned by Dr. Moore just now, those have been all the, the, the Fish and Wildlife comment letter came in uh, ahead of the board packet. Um, we were able to include that. However, the Golden State Water Company's uh, comment letter came in um, after that. So that was circulated by email to this board. Um, just wanted to, to uh, mention that in this intro. A um, couple other, th or one other thing, um, there was an error noticed in some of the materials under this item um, related to the uh, um, recommended FPA for Baja um, represented that's 20.4 percent on the um, on the um, uh, materials. However, it should have been at 20.5 percent. Those changes um, are going to be made and per, uh, published to uh, the website and Granica system uh, by tomorrow. Um, with that, um, this item uh, is. Pretty lengthy item that Bob Wagner's gonna go through um, in detail here and uh, walk us through in terms of the recommendation for free reduction allowance for the water year 24-25. And with that, Bob. Uh, thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, <clears throat> we do have a lot of material to cover. Uh, the um, I want to point out a couple of things. The um, hydrographs, water level hydrographs for the sub areas are always an important consideration, and those are posted um, in the back. I'm going to make reference to them, but I'm not going to go through individual uh, uh, water levels and hydrographs tonight. Um, oh, there we go. So, a couple things uh, I'm going to touch on. This is a production safe yield update, and it kind of falls out of of uh, the last two court hearings. Um, the, the court um, wanted production safe yield and free production allowance brought uh, together, brought into balance, which is what our judgment is supposed to do. And uh, Bob, and sorry, can I ask you to get closer to the mic, please? Yes, that better. Thank you. Yes, much yeah, better. Yeah, apologize. Um, and so it asks us to do a production safe deal update. So this is something that has uh, been going on a little while. 
Um, we also, uh, in, in doing so, uh, the court had also asked us to consider different planning periods, um, which is uh, part of that, uh, which is part of that update. I'm going to touch on that tonight. Uh, the Upper Mojave Basin model was uh, something that's been in um, uh, preparation for a while. It's been complete, and uh, we put that to use and, uh, in, in order to um, help us understand uh, the Alto uh, sub-area above the Lower Narrows and um, how that relates to the transition zone at Centro. Um, table 5.1 is the typical water balance that that is consistent with what's done in the judgment and we're going to talk about that for Alto Central and Baja. Also model its purpose is to um, uh, predict something. It's a management tool and so we're going to talk about a model scenario in the future what the future would look like under certain conditions. Also going to remind us uh, what uh, water levels look like in certain areas yeah, as of 1964, and then we'll conclude with the um, FPA recommendations. Um, this definition and items one, two, three, it's right out of the judgment. I'm not going to read it. It's, it's, uh, uh, it, it is what we agreed on. This is the definition that we would use in order to uh, establish production safe yield. Um, in in, in doing so, we need a base period, and the base period is something, uh, it's called a hydrologic base period, a planning period. There's a numbers, uh, a number, number, number of uh, names for it. But over a sequence of years, representative of long-term average annual natural water supply uh, minus long-term average natural outflow. And that is what the base period is supposed to represent. It was 1931 to 1990 that was set by the judgment. That's what was agreed to. And what we're going to propose is that we use 2001 to 2020 as the proposed base period going forward. Okay. Um, the second and third part of the uh, production safe yield uh, is what we have called the safe yield year. And that's a given year that we assume will represent the cultural conditions pumping water use, what's commonly known as water use and disposal, uh, going forward. And this gets reevaluated periodically. Um, in the judgment, it was assumed that that year was 1990, the land use conditions for 1990. In the update uh, done by uh, Webb and Associates in the 90s, it was 97, 98. And then the update we did uh, uh, five years ago was uh, 2017, 2018 was the year we're going to propose that it be 2022. Um, the cultural conditions are assumed to be reasonably representative of the, of the future. So they're not perfectly because things change, but generally they change slowly. And so we can reevaluate re them periodically. And in order to understand what the future is going to look like, we use one set of conditions uh, and apply an average hydrology over the base period from the past. And then, of course, the last part of the definition is uh, is the impact. So we do this, and it can't result in a long-term net reduction of groundwater and storage in a suburb. In, um, in an equation form, if everything else is accounted for, the production safe yield is equal to the production plus the change in storage. Um, the base period 
guidance, I'll call it, not definition. Guidance came out of uh, California Department of Water Resources, Bulletin 84, 1967. And this was the guidance that was used in the judgment to establish 1931 to 1990 as the base period. It needs to be reasonably representative of long-term conditions. It should start and end dry and include include wet and dry periods as well. I don't want to interrupt anything. Um, so on this chart, which is flow at the forks that, that we uh, use for um, illustration of wet and dry periods, see on the left, the 60 year base period average, um, that's the existing base period. And it has wet and dry periods, uh, the blue are wet, the dry are red. Um, and on the right is 2001 to 2020. Um, this includes the very dry period that we've been talking about for the last uh, 11 years uh, that now is, is potentially um, year 12 um, if, we take, if we take the average over uh, through 2023. But anyway, they're, they're similar, 65,000 and 61,000. It begins and ends with dry years and includes wet years. So it meets the definition from Bulletin 84. Okay. As far as a safe yield year, coming up with um, which consumptive use we're going to use, we picked 2022. A couple of reasons. Uh, uh, an important one was we, when we were doing this work, we had complete data for 2022. But another reason is it's similar to the average in each sub-area, although some of the sub-areas are changing, Baja in particular, um, but the, the cultural conditions, the consumptive uses don't change rapidly. And you can see that uh, in the total for Alto. In 2018, there was an estimate of 41,900 acre feet. Uh, the average of the five years is 41,000 and 2022 is 41,100. So they're, they're, it's, it, it's, it's fairly similar. So we picked 2022. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the groundwater model that we're using that's not new to this analysis. Hart, USGS 1971, the analog model, the, the Stamos uh, 2001, that was a mod flow model uh, that we've used, and then it's been updated in Capo uh, Codibali. Uh, MWA started with the um, uh, uh, upper basin model from a long time ago, converted it to mod flow, and has been refining it since, and that's what. Uh, that's what we're using for this uh, particular analysis in Alto. Okay. Um, the area investigation relative to the model, this is uh, what we consider to be the model domain, uh, and it includes most of the upper basin from the LA County line to um, in, in east to include 15 mile valley portion of Este. Uh, this particular uh, model boundary goes partway through the transition zone. And the part that we're focused on here is the part at the uh, lower narrow. So you can follow that line. That's the, roughly the lower narrow gauge. Okay. Uh, so output from the model, starting in 1951, calculated change in storage. And as of 2020, so 70 years, there was a, a loss in storage of point. Uh, a uh, little over 1.1 million acre feet. So that's how much water has been depleted from storage above the lower narrow since, since 1951. Okay. 
Um, this is a, the Table 5-1 calculation that, that we do every year. It follows the uh, template that's in the judgment. The original, uh, the original table was uh, called Table C-1 that uh, was presented in court. It's roughly the same um, inputs. We've used some of the outputs from the model in order to update the water supply side. Um, and we present it this way because the surface water outflow from Alto is at the Hollandale Fault. And the gauge, USGS gauge, is at the Lower Narrows, 12 or so miles upstream. And so we have to adjust the flow at the Lower Narrows in order to calculate discharge at the Hollandale Fault. And we have to do that with some assumptions. One of the assumptions is that over a long period of time, change in storage in the transition zone is zero. Uh, the water level suggests that that's a fair assumption. Anyway, so we calculate this outflow, and, and uh, it, we do so um, according to this table. Uh, the numbers that we see on the supply side are average annual numbers, not something that occurs every year. Um, and then the exception in 2022, we had 15,000 acre feet at VVWRA, and that varies a little bit. But going forward, the expectation is that we will continue to see uh, discharge at least in that in that uh, in that range. Um, with this calculation, we get a production safe yield of 62,233 and an indicated deficit of 15,914 acre feet. But the key, the important number here is the production safe yield calculation. So we compared the model output to our table 5-1 calculation and using um, the, the, the judgment as a base and the, the um, water balance uh, from the model, uh, we get a production safe yield, we call the modeled production safe yield of 62,005 acre feet compared to what we calculated on table 5-1 with the the uh, uh, typical inputs as well as some of the model produced inputs. And the difference is 0.37%. The current production safe yield as it is right now before any action is taken, before the court orders anything is 59,409. And we're, we're uh, 62,005 is where we're heading for Alto. Um, future scenarios, what happens in the future? Last 20 years of, of water supply extended in the future, and in this particular uh, scenario, we use 2020 levels of production and return flow. So this, uh, uh, this projection assumes that um, pumping cultural conditions are at the 2020 level, similar to 2022, uh, and, and the uh, indicated deficit is 17,500, so we modeled adding 17,500 acre-feet of water um, spread over three months and delivered at Deep Creek to the system. And then this is what the result is. Uh, we get an, an, an average distance uh, difference over the next 20 years, assuming 2020 production and the last 20 years of hydrology, the average difference is an increase of 9,000 acre-feet a year, okay? That's flow through the Narrows, so increase in 9,000 acre-feet a year. And again, average, you can see some of the, right, some of the years produce larger numbers than the others. And so when you average them, it's the average, the, the, the difference between not doing anything and adding 17,500 acre-feet, flow through the Narrows is 9,000 acre-feet. 
Um, I want to point something out that, that, that's kind of related to the dry conditions that we just had and what happens in the transition zone and why it's important that we um, uh, pick well when we're looking at a planning period. The driest 20 years that we had was 1946 to 1965. At that time, the base flow at Lower Narrows, which is the rising water component Lower Narrows, was 20,500 acre feet. Okay, so between 1946 and 1965 was the driest period that we've seen, and there was 20,500 20, acre feet flowing through the Lower Narrows. In recently, when we um, look at base flow at Lower Narrows, which includes the very dry period we just are still in, 2012 to 2023, the base flow is only 5,657 acre feet. So there's been a reduction in base flow of 15,000 acre feet. And coincidentally, somewhat coincidentally, the difference is the VVWRA discharges, but it isn't only that. The basin's draining, it's a different system, it isn't saturated like it was uh, prior to uh, when overdraft began in 1950. So we're talking about a different system. It's a, it's, and it's important we note that, that we're managing a different system, whether uh, 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 we're not managing the same system depending on how we picked a, pick the um, a base period. And so it's important that we understand that. Uh, in the transition zone, um, pumping has declined from um, an average of uh, 19,000 acre feet from 1951 to 2020 to 11,000 acre feet now, and at one time it was above 30,000 acre feet. So we've had significant reductions in pumping uh, in the transition zone. Reduction in pumping as well as the um, continued uh, discharge from VVWRA is what's supporting water levels in the transition zone. And I left this map in here, it's on the back. Um, this shows water levels around the transition zone and, and for a very long time, uh, they all have basically the same, um, couple of them are going up, most of them, fewer variable, uh, but they're all fairly level over time. There's some variability in them, but the, uh, this is kind of the basis for the change in storage uh, being zero over time assumption. Okay. Um, the hydrologic inventory for Centro now, so we went from Alto to Centro, and we're going to use the um, outflow from Alto, which was calculated by way of the water balance in the transition zone as inflow to Centro. And again, this is average annual, not every year. Uh, and the um, uh, discharges at Barstow, the discharges at the Barstow treatment plant, um, subsurface outflow and consumptive uses. And then when we do the arithmetic, uh, we end up with a surplus of 11,540 acre feet. That would give us um, a, a production safe yield of um, pumping plus the deficit, if you remember. Um, but since we have a surplus, we can pump it. So if we pump the surplus, we're going to get some return flow. That return flow adds to the supply. Get a production safe yield of 31,420 acre feet. Um, back in time, this came out of the 
USGS report 1971 by heart. And an area that I want to focus on is around the Waterman Fault at the Baja Centro, uh, uh, what we largely consider to be the Baja Centro boundary. Um, this is a blow up of that um, area. And these two contours are elevations. So 1,950 foot elevation and the 2,000 elevation. And the reason why I bring this up, it's important, is uh, this well is on the Centro side and the water surface elevation in 1994 was 1,973 feet, and in 2024 was roughly 1,973 feet, or right between those two contours that Hart drew in 1964. So water levels haven't changed in this area for a very long time. That's the, that's the significance here. And this is on the Baja side, and it's the same thing, although the water levels indicated a little bit higher at roughly 19, uh, 1,978 feet above mean sea level. Okay. Um, another thing that I, I, I want to point out is uh, the distance and river miles from the Hillendale Fault to a new gauge that's, that's at Hodge. There's 9.2 river miles. Between Hodge and Barstow, there's 11 miles. Um, and we had some data to look at. Uh, one of the things we talked about in January was MWA imported a lot of water. We also had a big year. How do we separate it? So as, as part of the work to start looking at that separation, we plotted up the flow at Lower Narrows on the same days that there's flow at Hodge. How do I go backwards? This side? Oh, thank you. Uh, and I want to point out, this is Hellendale. Lower Narrows is 12 miles off the page that direction, so Hodge Barstow. So Lower Narrows is back there. This is the end of the transition zone, okay? So we plotted up on the days there were flow uh, and then added it up. And the total volume on those days, this is from the 1st of January to the 1st of August of 2023, there was 81,000 acre feet, 81,412 acre feet at Lower Narrows, 84,410 acre feet at Hodge. So we had a little more water added to the system, either from tributary inflow or from the uh, water balance through the transition zone where we add in VBWRA and we take out consumptive use of phreatophytes and consumptive use of pumping. Um, importantly, I think in this is the volume from Barstow versus the Hodge. So we want to, we, we, we had Few losses between Hellendale and Hodge with nine river miles. There's not a lot of pumping in there, and the, the channel uh, geometry is a little different. From Hodge to Barstow, which is 11 miles, uh, the river lost about 90% of its flow. So we had 84,000 acre feet of water show up at Hodge and 8,600 acre feet show up at, at, uh, at Barstow. Okay. Um, I'm going to switch over to Este and we'll go through this fairly quickly because the Este, as we've talked about several years, we don't have inflow data, outflow data, precipitation data is limited. Um, it's difficult to measure and, and get a handle on, uh, on, on what the water supply is. So for many years, we've been looking at water levels, which have been relatively stable, and we've compared those to um, uh, water production over a period of time. So 2001 to 2020, 
which is the base period that we chose for the model in Alto, was 6,582 acre feet of pumping. And if we had no change in storage, that would be the yield of the system over that period of time. Yeah, between 2018 and 2022, that average was 5,108. That includes pumping, including an estimate of minimals. The models suggest that over that 20-year period in 15-mile valley, which is not all of Este, we, we were positive by 134 acre feet. So effectively a zero change in storage. Uh, and, and, and thus the water levels were relatively stable for 20 years. So with those assumptions, we're recommending that the production safe yield be uh, equal to the pumping, at least until there's a, another evaluation. Um, in Oeste, it's a similar um, analysis, but there's a, a bit of a twist. The model um, output for Oeste produces a um, deficit. It says that on average, over 20 years, there's been 1,566 acre feet of, of uh, loss in storage on average. Um, that, it, it isn't clear from looking at water levels and talking to the uh, Phelan Pinion Hills uh, Community Service District, which pumps 90, I think 95% of the water, uh, their experience is they don't ex haven't, have not noticed losses um, in well performance or in um, uh, water level declines. And that's what we see in the hydrographs. So when we look at, we, we look at the data that we have, it says we don't have a change in the storage, that being the water levels. When we look at the model, which is a representation of all the assumptions, we get a deficit. And it's not, um, I, I don't want to ignore the model output. I think the model output's important. But I also don't want to ignore what we actually can see and visually measure with the water level. So um, with that, and I think because the the, the, the uh, the output and what we're doing with the model and where its inputs are coming from is relatively new. It will be improved. I think it's prudent uh, that we consider, you know, at least for now, that the change in storage over a long period of time has been zero or close to zero. And so that's the, that, that's the, that's the caveat. That's going to need to be explained. Um, I'm fully aware of that. I'll make an attempt to explain that in the papers that we submit to the court. Okay, so for Baja, similarly, we talked about several years ago that water levels, at some point, we would reach a level of pump pumping where water levels would stop declining. And we started to see some inflection. It's only been a few years, five, six, seven years in some wells. Uh, but pumping has declined so far in the last six or seven years, it's down uh, we started at 65,000, it's down to about 13,000, and five or six years ago, it was still almost 30,000. And so we've lost 60% of the pumping, not lost, pumping the Baja producers are pumping 60% less water than they were just a few years ago. Um, so we, we, what do we do with this? Do we have zero change in storage? Um, uh, do we look to the future? We say if the pumping doesn't increase, that this trend we see in 
most of the water levels in Baja is stabilizing or has stabilized. Um, I think that's the right interpretation of that. Um, but we also went through an exercise that is complicated for Baja because we don't really measure these um, amounts. Uh, there is no measurement at the Waterman Fault, so we have to make estimates of it. The subsurface inflow number comes out of literature. The tributary inflow number comes from a calculation. The surface water is measured at Afton. Afton is six miles from the, uh, uh, the Mojave Water Agency service area boundary, which is where the Baja outflow is. When we do this arithmetic, we get a production safe yield of 14,544 acre feet. We do the same arithmetic for the new base period, which I don't know that I'm, I'm ready to say this applies to Baja or not. Um, but we go through the arithmetic and we get a production safe yield of 10,866 acre feet and a deficit of 1,883. Um, it's the right answer somewhere between them. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that it's one or the other or somewhere between them. I think the right answer is we let the basin give us the answer. The water levels appear to be stabilizing. They seem to have stopped declining in many places. Uh, if pumping goes back up, they're gonna decline again and we'll, get it, we'll have another interpretation of this. But if pumping doesn't go back up, which it doesn't appear that it's going to, I would expect we're gonna see water levels in Baja either rise or, or stabilize. Um, so, that's the condition in Baja. All right, so anyway, summarized. Current free production allowance, um, excuse me, the current production safe yield is um, uh, shown on the left, uh, 59,409 for Alto, 12,189 for Baja, 21,088 acre feet for Centro, 4,728 in Este and 1,712 in Oeste. The current FPA, yeah, Alto, Baja, Centro, Este, Oeste, 50.4%, 20.5%, 55%, and 50% in Oeste. The indicated production safe yield based on um, the, the uh, uh, surplus deficit and the analysis that we just did for each of the sub areas, Alto at 62,005, for Bots, 12,749. For Centro, it's 31,420. For Este, 5,108. And for Oeste, it's 2,970 based on that analysis that I, I, I went through. That gives us an indicated free production allowance in Alto of 53.3, Baja 19.3, Centro 61.6, Este 25.3, and Oeste 41.9. So, now the proposed recommendation for Alto, 53.3. I think we, the 62.005, subtract the indicated deficit. That's the proposed production safe yield and tells us what the free production allowance is. In Baja, I'm going to propose that we don't change it. This was set by the court to be 20.5%. I don't think we have enough information to tell us to change it. And I think we can explain what we see I think the, the uh, uh, 
think the right approach here is to leave it at 20.5%. For Centro, it's currently 55% the FPA. The arithmetic that we've done suggests it should go to 60%. Um, that's a, uh, that, that's a, uh, that's a point we can discuss, but based on, uh, on, on how we determine free production allowance, uh, based on the information we have, it would be 60%. Um, in SDA, we would ramp down another 5% to 50%. And in OSDA, I'm going to recommend that we stay at 50% because based on what I said earlier and about the, the water levels and the change in production. Um, table 3.2, which is the uh, water balance, um, hopefully accounting for molecules, not um, necessarily uh, natural or artificial recharge or any particular brand color of water. Uh, we gained 119,000 acre feet in Alto, 80,000 in Centro, and According to uh, this calculation, 2,600 in Baja for a total of 202,118 acre feet. Next steps. Notice to the parties of the proposed FBA recommendation. Um, on March 13th and 14th, we have tentatively scheduled public workshops for the sub areas. On March 27th, there's a hearing uh, between now and then we'll receive comments. Uh, tonight is um, uh, informational other than uh, an action to uh, circulate a recommendation, but the hearing to adopt the recommendation is March 27th. We will prepare a report to the court that's due May 1st, and the hearing has already been set this year for June 14th. That's all I have. You sure? I'm sure. All right. Um, I think at this point we go to questions of the board. Is that appropriate? And um, I think we should just note that uh, Director Cox arrived about 4.50 this afternoon, so she saw a good percent, most of all the presentation. Um, so I think now is the appropriate time to look at for, to the board for its questions, I guess, of the watermaster. So uh, Director Page, would you like to go first? Um, I'm going to pass now, but okay. I'd like to, as I hear the other conversation, possibly come back to me. But I'm, I'm not ready to ask anything right now. All right. Director Cox? Could we go to the slide deck, please? And go back. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Not all the way. Down. Keep going down. Right there. Um, so looking at Alto, the 17,000 acre feet of deficit, what makes up that number? Um, the, um, sum of all the inflows and all of the outflows. So the outflows are negative. So we add up all the inflows and all the outflows and, and outflows are things like outflow, uh, uh, soil moisture loss, ET, phreatophytes, uh, consumptive use of production, uh, and so forth, and inflows are um, uh, inflows are uh, inflow from SD and OSD, runoff rainfall from the mountains, um, recharge from the river, and uh, various other elements. 
Okay, so go forward a slide. There's another one. There was the net change in storage slide. I think the other. It's the net change. I, it was one of your last slides. One of the last slides. You're going the wrong way. You want slide 32. Thank you. Table 3.2, I think. There you go. So there we go. The net change in storage with all of the water that we had coming in, how does that correlate to the deficit of 17,000 acre feet? Right, the, the table 3-2 is, is what happened in that year, 2022-23, that's some of what happened that particular year. The production safe yield calculation or the calculation of the deficit is um, based on uh, what happened over a series of years. In that particular calculation using the model that's 2001 through 2020. They're not, they're not, um, uh, they're not showing the same thing. This is real time one year. The other is every year added up and, the, and what the deficit would be if that continued. Okay. Thank you. One of your earlier slides, you showed uh, the difference. It's hard not having the slide deck in front of us or the PDF we can scroll through on the screen, but there was an earlier slide where you showed the transition zone and the difference was about 14,000 acre feet, the contribution of Vivi Deberry. Do you remember that slide? That is a, I don't think that was it. But anyway, I, I think it's, I mean, you brought up a really significant point that that difference in those numbers in the TZ is, you know, correlates almost exactly to BBWRA's discharge. And I think it's so important for us to realize, you know, all of us as Alto uh, users and purveyors to realize the significant value of that discharge to um, all of the, the water purveyors because if that were extracted and moved to a different location then you know the cities would have to make up that water by buying replacement water so I, I wish there were a way that we could you know put a number to that and help them realize the, the value of that discharge is significant and it would be impactful if it were no longer there. So, thank you, Madam Chair. Those are all my comments. Dr. Limbaugh. Yeah, I agree with that. We should always show the impact of that. It's substantial, particularly to downstream obligations. And a lot of people don't get that. Um, it, it, is part of your presentation, Bob, about the letter that we got from uh, the consultant, um, Aqua, Aqualogic, and uh, Golden State Water? It, it's it's in your. It's under that item. Are, are we talking about this now? Um, we, we. I have can. some comments about it. I, 
I um, just a brief comment from me. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, brief, brief, brief comment for me on on that um, specifically. Um, I I saw the comments, read them. I have not digested them. The 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 graphic that I put together was something I wasn't doing specifically to address those comments. It was something else, but it it, it addresses them. Quite I, well. I would assume you didn't have much time. I got it yesterday. Yeah. So so that's fine. But um, the overall just of what they wrote it's about 20 pages i guess if you count the pictures um it focuses on the transition zone which as we all know is a the swirling cone of depression lives so uh i'll talk about that in a minute my comments on what we're going to do with the uh, recommendations of the court i think overall there's only one area that we're actually recommending um that doesn't stay under uh, the production safe yield with their verified production is Alto. Um, so, you know, the recommendations that we're doing this year are not as impacting as they have been in the past because it's perpetuated for three years now. So, in other words, we've taken verified production, looked closely based on what the court directed us to do and what we, we wanted to do on our own at the production safe yield and how that impacts the, the free production allowance. So all those things combined, the only one that's still out of whack is Alto. You know, you're talking about um, free production allowance in, in Baja is, is uh, uh, 20.5. So their, their production safe yield is going to be held at 12, but their verified production has gone down to 9. So obviously they're headed in the right direction from a production standpoint. Um, Mojave Water Agency is not responsible for rainfall in this area, but we would always welcome more. So uh, uh, there's only a couple ways we can, we can trim what's happening to the basins. Unfortunately, all the basins don't have equal resource. Uh, Baja is, is shortchanged there at the, the end of the stream. If you lived out in, um, what's the canyon, Afton Canyon, you, you'd see how bad it can get out there. So I think all the numbers that we see are going in the right direction based on the data that you've looked at. So I, I would fully recommend that we, we move forward with what you've shown us today. Um, I think the numbers support that. Now getting to the, the letter that we got from Golden State and uh, Aqua Logic, um, they raised two issues that they think we need to look at. And I guess my question to you, as well as our own staff, who has asked this board to give the money to look into certain aspects of the transition zone over the coming years, specifically, the extent um, confirming how the, 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 the layers in Centro and the transition zone interact with, with, with river and basin uh, flow exchanges and the geological uh, conditions surrounding the Hel Hellendale Fault, which, and we read the Aqualogic's uh, proposal to what they want to do, it, it hinges largely on those aspects. And... Uh, you know, we can discuss ad infinitum which base years we should use, but I think we have to look at history because uh, once the adjudication was chosen, uh, the base years uh, are germane to that, and to revise that uh, could be big, big litigation or problems, reopen old wounds. So I think, um, to me, I, in reading those documents, um, and hopefully over the next months we'll, we'll respond either as MWA or as a watermaster, 
you have two, two uh, areas. The, the outflow of the transition zone, um, they think is probably more than what we, uh, they think it's less than what we say. So in other words, downstream obligations are overstated based on the current way we calculate. And the analysis and assessment needs to be refined uh, and, and determined how that impacts how we move forward with lowering or changing the way we, we manage the, the resource. I, I think it's important to understand that um, our staff changes over time. So in the last 40 years, uh, we haven't had a plethora of uh, hydrogeologists or uh, a group of people that are capable of analyzing this area to the extent that we could be exact in what we do. I think the Watermaster has done a great job in bringing this basin under some control where people didn't uh, have to face a dust bowl condition. So I guess we need to respond to that letter in some fashion, uh, but also know that we are working to that end to improve the knowledge that we have of how that all works together, particularly uh, when we're faced with uh, situations of long-term drought where we have to depend on uh, imported water. So that's a, 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 a big concern of this board and, and also the, the agency. Uh, Watermaster is more on how much you take out. MWA is a little bit more concerned about how much we can put in that they, that they can take out and keep what we have. But I think the numbers generally and what we're recommending in the court this year are in line with what the actual pumpage, production safe yield, and the free production allowance can, can handle at this time. No drastic changes. So that's my that's my comment. Um, Director Page. Um, I think I know the answer to this, Mr. Wagner, um, but I, I want to hear if it's correct. We're doing this in these changes because the judge has asked us or given us some direction, correct? Um, not entirely. We we yes, the 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 direction that we're going. Uh, we're making these changes because the judge asked us a couple specific questions, but judgment requires us to evaluate this periodically. And uh, so. Uh, but we've had some nudging from the judge, too, correct? I, I would say it was stronger than nudging. OK, that that's what I uh, that as we're looking at this, just that we we remember that we're just not looking at these changes just to see what will happen to get people. Uh, upset. We're doing this because we've been strongly urged, plus it's the thing that we should be doing anyway. Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, Director Hoffman. Thank you. Um, I just have one question. We will see your report, your final report that gives your explanation, like for the deficit and not changing things. Uh, th that is... Um... Prior to you going to the judge. Uh, yes. Okay. Thank you. That was it. Director Raleigh. Thank you. Thank you. Bob, you mentioned a couple of times that uh, I heard that uh, pumping is down in certain areas. Is that because of the, the large uh, ranches such as in Lucerne or Newberry have, have shut down uh, over the years? Uh, that primarily, yes. That's primarily? Yeah. So if we go back, so the 20 years, you're going back to the 20-year history. So if 
basically then obviously if we do have a continuation of wet years things can change dramatically this is a worst case scenario basically I mean because we haven't had very many wet years in the history of the last 20 years uh, 70s there was a few in the 90s I guess that was really more a comment than a question to you but I, I did have another question too so if the court adopts this um, recommendation, how does that affect some of the larger users over time? I mean, is it going to affect them in a dramatic way? Uh, the, um, if we go back to the recommendation, David, can we get... There it is. No, further. Good report, right there. By the way. There we go. So, yeah. yeah, that one. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the, the answer is yes. Where we are uh, right now, Baja has, in, in terms of how free production allowance changing over time has affected producers, Baja's had the, the biggest impact on it because they've gone from, um, well, 100% to, 20.5%. And the bob producers have cut their uh, pumping, um, well, probably to the point where they can't cut it anymore. I mean, they're all, they'd have to just stop and move, you know, in order to pump less water. Um, Who are some of those uh, pumpers? Are they ranches or are they uh, provide pumping to residents? Or? There, there are a couple of purveyors. Uh, there are still a couple of uh, uh, folks um, uh, farming. Uh, the recreational lakes, Mr. Gastra uh, is a, a producer of recreational lakes, um, and then minimal producers. And, and so the, uh, and the minimal producers aren't directly affected by this other than, other than they... Um, wells dropping? The wells are dropping, right, right. Um, but that's the, you know, that's, that's who is, it remains in Baja as producers. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Marina. Let's see if I can add a few. Question. Um, on the uh, upper Mojave Basin model, I think you, um, I guess my question was, that's not new, right? That, that's been, in, you said earlier, it's been in use for some period of time. Yeah, let me rephrase it. New to me. Um, it, it's been around a while. It's been uh, refined. Um, we had um, uh, some years ago, uh, we came to the board, uh, uh, water resources staff, uh, and we asked the board, would like to extend it, extend its calibration. We, d we did that. And this is, the, the, this is the consequence of that, so that we have a tool to do this kind of evaluation. So. And, and it was based on the ModFlow USGS Originally, it was a Schlumberger project, pro uh, product that was then converted um, by uh, Mr. Globali to uh, ModFlow. Okay. Um, and then um, I guess there's a suggestion by Aqualogics that, the, the, that our calculation downstream is higher than they think. And if that's true, what, again, what is the effect on Centro then if our number is, needs to drop? Uh, if the, the, the... Or were to drop? Yeah, the calculation for inflow to Centro has been fairly stable over a lot of years. Um, different 
investigators looking at it. It's an average annual flow. It's an estimate um, because there's no there's no measurement there uh, at the uh, at the if the uh, if it was to be substantially the long term average inflow essential was substantially less than we think it is. We we expect water levels to fall, um, and we would need to then reevaluate and and uh, uh, possibly have a reduction in free production loans. And so the tools that you're using is one, it's just pretty strictly calculation-based, and the other is reality-based. What are the levels showing us? Correct. And so you're sort of balancing those. Um, <clears throat> on uh, slide 31 here in front of us, you're showing the surplus here. And so is it because of that surplus that you're making a recommendation that 60, which is an increase of 5%, or is it just strictly based on your calculations? Uh, the, um, or did it, was it overwrapped down, the, maybe? <laughs> One would well, argue. Um, did we overshoot? Um, for a long time, we did not change the free production allowance in Central. We held it constant at 80% for a lot of years. And we went to court every year and we talked about water level stability and pumping declining and a variety of things. Uh, the board, the water master board was at, in those years was protective, I think, of um, not just the resource, but the interest that the public had in the use of the resource. They wanted to minimize um, uh, impacts to uh, individuals. And so Central was one area that, that uh, things were never, there was never a real serious deficit in Centro, even from back to the time of the, when the judgment was uh, uh, drafted uh, and adopted. Um, and so it didn't change. And then um, Judge Reimer began the process of mechanically um, applying the judgment to everybody. And so it began to, fall and then this um, evaluation shows that we should be instead of 55% which was court ordered uh, we should be at 60% based on the court's guidance of making free production allowance and production safe yield equal which I don't mean court's guidance that's what the judgment says is supposed to happen we took a little bit of liberty with how we interpreted that and Judge Reimer um, he took exception to to our interpretation that's um and so the judge could decline our recommendation yes based on nothing just the mechanics of the judgment i guess whim <laughs> i have to answer his, okay. i have to answer his questions you know so i don't yeah. like it. he he has the or he or she will have the final determination um have we ever wrapped up before uh no Never have. That's our first foray. We have, not re we have not recommended an increase in production safe yield. And okay, I think that was all of my current questions. Before we go to public comment, does any other director have a question or seek clarification of something that's been stated? Okay, um, Andre. I think there was an order, right? I think to the speaker. So I think we're starting with Mr. Gastra. Mr. Gastra.
Give it a second there. There you go. Uh, thank you, President West uh, and directors. Um, I'm impressed with a couple things and then I'm confused about a couple things. So it's pretty much normal for me. Um, so I'm impressed with a lot of the water levels in your data in Baja. Um, you know, a lot of them are actually kind of doing this uh, in areas that I didn't think they probably would start going up uh, as soon as they are, even over on the south side of the 40, and some of that area where pumping hasn't changed is basically the same, and the water levels are going up, and the river really doesn't, uh, from what I understand, recharge that area, so um, it must be local storm flow, and I think really Baja does get a lot of local uh, water from the hills that we're, we're in a valley surrounded by hills and mountains and, and it, when we get rains it all flows into the valley in the summertime we get a lot of thunderstorms lots of rain uh, anyways I'm pretty impressed about that um, and then I'm a little confused on the uh, on one of the slides that had uh, you were you were Bob you were picking uh, between well, 2001 and 2020 and then the Baja's uh, production safe yield was 10,000. But then you're showing 12,700 something. So I'm confused on uh, how, how those numbers are different. And if you use that model, uh, the 2000 through 2020 over all the areas, is that gonna affect Baja very negatively? You know, a couple thousand acre feet or so. Um, that's a question. <laughs> you could answer it now or if you can be quick and then I'll move on. Or would you like to meet a I, I think we're just accepting the comment right now. Okay. And then we'll okay. go from there. Um, and then I'm impressed also with the Golden State's, uh, 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 I don't know what you call it, a letter and their hydrologist's work. Um, uh, Perry Dahlstrom and I uh, discussed it quite a bit. Um, I don't understand how uh, the transition zone water is supposed to get to Centro, and I know it's complicated, uh, but it sure seems like there should be some more physical proof that it actually got there. Um, I think the whole premise was the, ju the adjudication was uh, settled that, you know, 20,000, 21,000 acre feet of surface flow was supposed to go into Centro. Uh, even though it's measured at the transition zone or the, the forks or whatever it is. And that doesn't really make sense. It seems like that should be fixed. And I agree with the uh, Golden State and their positions there. Uh, we need to either prove that it's getting there or uh, maybe change the judgment to fix it. Um, so I was impressed with that. And also a question of... Uh, Bob, you mentioned the the flow through the transition zone and how you figure it out. Um, and I think it was one of the graphs you showed on there that it showed the storm flow, I think, uh, was pretty much the same going in to the out of the forks and then past the the new gauge there at um, in Hellendale or Hart, Hart, whatever that is. Hellendale, I think. Anyway, so 
how in the world, you know, but that's storm flow. That's not the, the judgment flow, right? The base flow. There's a difference in that base flow and storm flow. The storm flow is not supposed to count for base flow, if I'm correct. Yeah, so anyway, so that I'm a little confused about that one too. Anyways, thank you very much. Thank you, Jeff. <clears throat> and I think we just installed a new uh, gauge at the Cane Wash. Okay, the next speaker card I have is for Mr. Chuck Bell. Chuck Bell, Estate Committee. <clears throat> I've got some issues I'd like to talk about with Este, but I, I guess you're having sub-area advisory committee meetings? That's my understanding. What's I think the, if you can pull the schedule What's up, the date on David? that? March 13? Tentatively. So you're going to sit? Well, some of the stuff is probably better to talk about at that session, but I'd like the board to hear some of our issues. So. Hmm. Um, yeah. I noticed on one of Bob's statements here, the river riparian water use calculations. I wonder if it reflects the, the USGS or Bureau of Reclamation's LIDAR studies showing the reduced transpiration from all the tamarisks that the resource district removed and you guys help pay for. Um, right now, the Beatles are doing the control for free and uh, they are, uh, they may not actually kill a plant, but they're re definitely reduce, when it browns out, they reduce the transpiration. So I don't know if the calcs that you were using from 1995 reflect the changes that Bureau of Rec and USGS did with our LIDAR study. So you can figure that one out. Um, I think we understand your physical safe yield for Este. Um, makes sense based upon our stabilization. Um, I'm assuming, Bob, that the Big Bear's withdrawal is not going to be a big deal in this regard, at least for the physical safe yield. Um, I, I uh, you know, right now, I don't want to comment on it. I, it it's, um, okay. I think the removal of water from the system is going to matter. Yeah. Well, a couple of years, it's going to be gone. How much it really means, I don't know. Um, so, um, I see the admin, it's probably a different issue, but I see the admin fees going up to $5.65 an acre foot. We obviously have to keep the water master funded, but, um, we're basically, especially with estate going down to 25.3% long term, um, it's, we're, we're, we're pumping less and we're paying more sort of contrary to the normal process of how much you use and how much you pay. Uh, probably not much we can do about it, but that's something that's getting to be a concern. And we've been talking about the biofees for years. We're paying biofees, going up 3%. And uh, it's going to the river, sub-areas. Not, we're not using it. We can't use it. I, uh, I might be talking Aaron pretty soon, but we had fish and game people out trying to get them to compensate for the fact that we're paying into the river, not getting any benefit for it. Could they do something like maybe getting a conservation easement on Rabbit Springs or whatever? 
And it didn't work. I mean, they were out there. They were all very nice people, but nothing ever happened. Um, so I kind of wondering if that's a glitch in the judgment that we might want to talk about pretty soon because it isn't fair. Um, we are the last, probably the last, unless OS stays last, to get a recharge basin. And uh, we're working on it now, and so are you are, but, you know, it has to, to fulfill the judgment, we have to have a basin. And we missed out on all of that surplus water flowing to everybody else. Could have been a big benefit for us. Um, I know you don't want to do it. The judge doesn't want to hear it. But in the past, we made a recommendation to slow down 2.5%. We did it for Baja couple of times, I think. And I know it's not going to happen, but we'd, we'd appreciate if, if you could just maybe reference the fact that we asked for it a couple of years ago. And the judge did respond to it based upon the letter that you presented. And it was a polite letter. But, um, and I know there's nothing in the judgment about slowing down until you get down to physical safe yield. But uh, we'd appreciate if you could maybe kind of get the word out. We're pumping within physical safe yield. So, you know, what's, what's the hurry? And if we could maybe go to 2.5%. If you don't want to do it, fine. And the judge doesn't want to hear it anyway, but I'd appreciate it. Um, other than some tweaks of the judgment, I don't have any idea how to proceed. But, you know, we, we have amendments to the Constitution. Uh, we could maybe have amendments to the judgment. I mean, there's some issues in SD that really need to be addressed. Ten seconds left. What was that? You're almost at time. Oh, physically, uh, we've got some different things we need to talk about. So appreciate it and make those meetings. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Bell. My third um, speaker card was for Mr. Johnson, California Department of Fish and Wildlife, or is it Division of Fish and Wildlife? Department. All right. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Good afternoon, Water Master Board members and MWA staff. My name is Aaron Johnson. I'm a senior environmental scientist with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife based in Bishop, California. My primary area of responsibility is management of CDFW-owned lands in Mono, Inyo, and San Bernardino counties, which includes ensuring adequate groundwater resources to support key habitats on those lands, which include the Mojave Narrows Regional Park, just down the road, here in the Alto sub-area, uh, all the way down to Camp Katy Wildlife Area in Baja. I've had the pleasure of addressing this board in past years via written comment and remote participa participation. However, I elected to make the trip down 395 to be here in person, given the importance of the implications of some of the business before you today, uh, particularly with regard to item seven and increasing free production allowance in uh, two of the I have provided written comments, which are included in the board materials for the agenda, beginning on page nine. Therefore, I'm going to just summarize my comments here. CDFW has been active in the Mojave Basin groundwater management, plant management for many years, dating back long before the judgment was completed in 96. For over a decade, uh, the department has been heavily engaged in the judgment and annual uh, the annual FPA recommendations. Uh, during that time, uh, we have been generally in agreement with the Watermaster Engineer's recommendations presented to and approved by this board and sub subsequently the court, finding those recommendations for reductions in free production allowance consistent with the physical solution of the judgment to bring the basin into balance. 
This year, we are concerned that the Watermaster staff have introduced a complex new analysis of production safety yield and proposes to use this information to increase pumping in Alto and Centro for the coming water year without adequate time for CDFW and the other parties to review and engage. In fact, the 107-page report describing these new PSY calculations and the groundwater model was only made available to CDFW and the public one week ago. I've spoken with our groundwater expert who has already identified a substantial list of questions from this report for the Watermaster Engineer, and I'm working with Jeff now to schedule an initial meeting to discuss. CDFW has been following the discussion to reevaluate re PSY as ordered by the court with interest for some time now. As you're aware, the court's direction was to evaluate PSY by considering alternative base periods to integrate recent periods of drought and climate change into water supply and address why storage in the Alto subarea continues to decline despite having been despite having pumping reduced to near PSY. As recently as the Watermaster's motion to the court for current FPI, last May, FPA last May, the Watermaster recommended holding Alto at 50% for five years, noting that additional time was needed to understand the impacts of the ramp down. Similarly, the declaration in support of this motion stated that this recommendation was consistent with the preliminary PSY reevaluation as well as groundwater modeling and that those details were unlikely to change. CDFW requests that the Watermaster not rush into, into integrating this new PSY calculation into the 24-25 water year for FPA and instead work closely with CDFW and the other parties to address questions about the new, new approach and underlying model while also continuing to review changes in groundwater elevation data in response to the ongoing ramp-down. CDFW appreciates the opportunity to comment and is concerned that increasing production in Alto and Centro sub-areas this year represents a significant change in the direction of the watermaster and may result in undesirable impacts to groundwater levels and associated fish and wildlife resources. Thank you. We look forward to continuing to engage with the watermaster. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. Um, <clears throat> I want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity, so if somebody else in the room or online would like to speak, um, please bring it on right now. Come on, Mr. Cardenas. Um, and then we'll have you fill out a card later. Sometimes it comes up after someone spoke. So. Well, I, I, my intention was to come up here, but. Well, here you are, all right, take it off. Sorry, I apologize. Let's go. Uh, my name is George Cardenas. I'm the engineering manager with Phelan Pinion Hills CSD. Um, and on behalf of Phelan Pinion Hills and the Oeste Basin, I um, want to thank staff, um, the directors, Mojave Water Agency staff, um, Watermaster, as well as Jeff Rauch. I don't think he's here today, but I think I saw him online, and, and general manager uh, with Mojave. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, uh, we, as as uh, as a district, we were trying to understand the the math or the logic of where we come with the numbers that we have. And um, Jeff had uh, visited our office, and we met with them, and he kind of walked us through the process. Um, we think we had a good understanding of what that looked like. Um, and then we, when we received the, uh, uh, the report, um, it validated what, 
well, we kind of understood. Um, of course, the recommendation um, is great news for the district. Um, I have I have confidence in Mr. Wagner that he can be that great explainer um, in June um, to rally on not changing our our um, our wrap down. So um, I have confidence in you. Um, so the the health bar basin is 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 our priority. I mean, and then that is one thing that. Uh, we understand, but it's hard to communicate that to our customers on what water is going to cost them in the future. Um, this to us feels like it's a win, and we don't get wins very often. Um, until, uh, to me, I see this as a, as a playoff win. It was in June, hopefully we get that Super Bowl win. I only say that because I'm a 49er fan and I've been disappointed in the, in the past. Um, and, and, and the efforts that the district has put in um, over the last five, six years to um, mitigate the water loss um, with, with everything that we've done. And today, uh, today we finally put our last replacement meter from AMR to AMI, you know, to kind of just find where that, that water loss and, and service line replacements. I mean, I can go on on what we've done. And, and this recommendation kind of validated uh, the efforts that we put in, um, you know, with with the cannabis uh, struggles, with the cultivation that we've been dealing with in our district, uh, and now that's almost disappeared. The jujubes uh, has now almost all disappeared, uh, and you know we look at agriculture, and that's almost all disappeared, uh, and it, it's kind of helped to recover our our Oeste basin. So, with that, I just wanted to uh, give kudos uh, to. I, oh, one thing I didn't want to miss out, but I want to give uh, special kudos to the the mod flow and and couple on that one model thing that was uh, that was exciting to see. So, with that, I don't want to labor my thoughts anymore. So I'll let y'all go. Thank you. Thank you. Do we have any other comments from the public? Okay. Any other comments, questions, or? ready to go to vote so just before we go to the motion um this is the hearing this is a uh notice to the parties of the recommended free production allowance um there will be workshops planned in the sub areas to um address questions in each sub area i would assume where your uh, particular concerns might be so i do encourage uh everyone to attend those meetings it looks like they're going to be in march 13th and 14th is the tentatives. And then the public hearing on the free production allowance will be at the Mar uh, March 27th meeting. So, um. uh, Madam Chair, uh, just to, I'm going to look at Bob here. Um, are we looking for a motion on item seven or was this informational only? Is because item eight is about the circulation. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just want to, well, I wanted to clarify. We, um, <clears throat> Uh, we have to circulate the recommendation. You have to have a motion to circulate the rec recommendation. So, so is so this the just, next item, not this one? So this item is just information only, and we can move on to eight, number eight. Yes. Okay. Thank you for the clarification. Um, Excuse me. This is um, Jeff. Hi, this Jeff. item also needs to be circulated, so we need to have a motion to authorize staff to circulate the free production allowance recommendation, okay. as well as the next item. 
Okay. All right. So for item seven, we're looking for a motion, please. please and we will continue. Thank you, Jeff. Mr. Roush. She was the. We'll leave it at that. We get to the voting screen. Here we go. Broke. <coughs> Mine's broke. All right, thank you. So we had a motion by Director Page and a second by Director Cox to move ahead with the uh, proposed uh, free production allowance circulation um, to the parties. All right, so now is there a presentation on item eight? Or on? A, yes. Well, eight is the budget. Okay. Um, and the assessments. So with that, uh, General Manager Adam Talwe. Yes, and sorry for the confusion on the prior way. item. Hey, it's my first time, too. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I can go ahead and kick this over to Carrie. I think Carrie LeClaire is going to be giving this one um, to uh, discuss the budget uh, for fiscal year 24-25 and the assessment rates. So with that, Carrie. Yes, thank you so much. Good afternoon. I think we're pulling it up here. Here we go. Uh, so each year, the Watermaster does um, set some rates for each of the four funds that, <clears throat> excuse me, that the Watermaster has. Uh, the presentation is to go over the budget as well as the proposed um, rate setting process. Uh, at the end of this presentation, uh, we will be seeking an approval to circulate the draft budget uh, and the rates uh, that will be presented this evening. On today's agenda, we do have two topics. Uh, there is the excuse me, the draft budget. Uh, this is going to be for fiscal year 24-25, which is actually for water year 23-24. Uh, the assessment rates for this were set actually last year. Uh, and then we'll also be discussing the proposed assessment rates for water year, excuse me, fiscal year 25, 26, uh, which is for water year 24, 25. Uh, and these assessment rates um, will be proposed. So the next slides uh, are the proposed fiscal year 24, 25 budget for the four different assessments that Watermaster has. Each of these funds are restricted for their own purposes, and there's actually no commingling between these funds. Uh, we'll first go ahead and look at the revenue, which is shown on this slide. The yellow column is the uh, current year budget, and then the two green columns following that are the year-to-date actuals as well as the um, projections for our current fiscal year. The orange column is the draft budget that we are proposing. We'll be focusing on the orange column. Uh, the first line is the revenue for the biological assessment, which is being budgeted at $109,936. Uh, the biological fund is actually a trust that's set up with Watermaster uh, for the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Uh, this is a rate that's set each year for this assessment, and it is uh, collected similar to the administrative assessment, uh, which is based on the acre feet that's pumped. Uh, the, the limit that is set for the total amount that Watermaster can hold in the trust is actually 200, excuse me, $2.4 million uh, that we could hold up to. Uh, but currently, Watermaster is holding $859,000, and this does not reflect any expenses that um, have been used up for fiscal year 23-24 yet. So just below that is the uh, replacement assessment, which is budgeted for... Uh, 
five $5 million, 616,000 in revenue. And the makeup assessment is budgeted to receive $31,200. At the bottom half of the slide um, is the administrative fund revenue coming in at $536,061. And these projections are based on rates that were approved last year. This slide shows the expenses uh, that were budgeted for each of the funds. The top three are essentially uh, pass-throughs for the revenue and expense side, and so there's no impact to the water master with those. The bottom three quarters of this uh, slide shows the administrative fund expenses that is budgeted for $600,753. Uh, we'll be diving into this a little bit further into the slides. So again, as a reminder, at the end of this presentation, uh, we will be looking for a recommendation to circulate this draft budget. So the following discussion will focus on the rates. Uh, we're going to be looking at the other Watermaster administrative rates, prior and current administrative rate projections, and proposed assessment rates for water year 24-25. We uh, have shown this slide a few times in the past, and this reflects the other Watermaster administrative rates. Uh, this has been updated to reflect water year 22-23. And uh, the blue line going across the slide here is the um, Watermaster rate compared to all the others. Uh, as you can see, we still continue to be one of the lowest. I will now go over the Watermaster budget analysis with pro uh, proposed rate projections. Uh, some changes in the projections have impacted the rate that was previously discussed, uh, as well as the deficit. The current year projections uh, and future budgets inc do include four staff, because I know that was an issue in the last couple of years as far as the number of staff that were projected. Um, we will see on the slides that in fiscal year 22-23, um, the expenses were a little bit lower due to short staff for the majority of the year, and um, fiscal year 23-24, Watermaster was half-staffed for 50% of the year. Currently fully staffed, which I know they're appreciative for. Um, the increase in expenses um, also impact the rates. Uh, we'll look at it two different options. Uh, one, to smooth the rate now and extend the deficit payback time frame. And another option that will be slightly higher and uh, the increase, um, excuse me, slightly higher uh, increase than expected, but it will reach the full cost recovery sooner. This is actually the same slide that was shown during the deficit discussion in January at the Watermaster Board meeting. Uh, we were looking at the deficit being at 122,000 at that time with a two to three year payback time period. Um, and the next rate was being estimated at $5.35 per acre foot. Um, that is the area that's showing in the, the gray. During the new fiscal year 24-25 budget analysis, there were some changes that uh, did slightly change these projections, uh, which makes the, the graph look a little bit different. So we'll go through those. Um, before going into those, though, I did want to go ahead and show a condensed version of the administrative fund budget. Uh, the fiscal year 23-24 was initially thought to be ending the year in a net loss. Um, however, it is looking to actually end almost $10,000 um, in the positive. So this is going to be in the, um, the second green column there. Um, however, as we're going through the new fiscal year 24-25 budget, 
it is uh, projected to be coming in about $64,000 um, with a net loss. Uh, we'll no, now go ahead and go through uh, different scenarios looking at the rates and how the impact co uh, is covering the costs uh, and the, the deficit into the future. I just wanted to go ahead and also a reminder that the MWA board did approve to uh, carry the deficit, um, assuming that Watermaster will pay that back as funds do come available. So the next two slides, uh, they do look slightly different because I did go ahead and include an additional year um, into the future, which is on the far right. Um, however, the, the methodology is still the same. So for a quick reminder, uh, I'll go ahead and explain the chart. The blue bars, those represent the total expenses. The yellow area above that represents the portion where the expenses um, exceed the revenue or essentially what would be the deficit amount. The green line reflects the revenue if the rate would have remained at uh, $3.55 per acre foot. And the orange dashed line, uh, that represents the revenue with the approved and estimated rates that are shown above those bars. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this analysis, um, it reflects smoothing the rates at a slower pace than um, what they have been increasing. Uh, $5.35 per acre foot, it was what was previously looked at to be the next anticipated rate um, with having a lower increase um, path going forward. However, uh, with some changes in the assumptions, this rate will continue the deficit further into the future as well as um, add to the payback amount bringing that from 122,000 to 244,000 over the next four fiscal years and further into the future as well. The fluctuations in the revenue and the expenses uh, has contributed to the rate being a, basically a moving target from year to year. If you look at the fiscal year 22-23, um, which was the year where the $4.10 per acre foot was, um, you can see that they came in lower than the revenues, and again, this was mainly due to Watermaster being short-staffed. Although it appears that the revenue increased from the prior year, um, pumping actually did decrease 7.9% from the previous water year. Um, this was mainly due to the ag reduction. The reason for the revenue increase uh, was actually due to the, to the rate increase. Then if you look at fiscal year 23-24, um, it is also projected to have expenses that come in slightly lower than anticipated. Um, and again, also mainly due to being short-staffed for half of the year. Um, however, unknown increases in legal and engineering costs may impact the second half of this year. In addition, revenue is coming in slightly higher than expected, uh, but was also at an 8% reduction in pumping from the prior water year and that was driven by higher levels of rainfall. The increase in revenue is also due to the increase in the rate, um, and, and again, not, the, not due to the pumping. So basically an overall reduction of about 16% in the last two water years has contributed to less revenue coming in, um, coming in to, to cover the increasing costs. So during the deficit discussion in January, the uh, fiscal year 24-25 budget was an estimated budget at that time. 24-25 uh, is closer to what is expected now uh, that two of the vacant positions have been filled. 
In addition, we are anticipating higher costs uh, for aerial photography. Um, an RFP has gone out for that, and the results are pending. But like everything else, we do anticipate uh, those costs to be increasing. Additionally, increases in um, postage and legal, legal expenses have been budgeted for. Again, smoothing the rates now uh, will continue the administrative fund to be in the deficit for a little bit longer than we had expected. Uh, we would like to go ahead and present an option that would increase the rate uh, to reach the full cost recovery sooner, as well as have a lower deficit uh, of payback of about $90,000. The revenue needs uh, shown in this graph do take into consideration paying back that deficit. So increasing uh, to 500, excuse me, $5.65 per acre foot for fiscal year 25-26, uh, which is water year 24-25, uh, would ensure that the deficit payback would be covered by those pumping now, rather extending it to others that might be joining the judgment in the future. The Prior three rate increases in the black boxes, uh, they were increased at uh, 55 cents initially, another 55 cents, and then 50 cents per acre foot. Uh, $5.65 per acre foot would be increasing the prior rate by 50 cents per acre foot one more year before beginning to level out. This is the draft budget uh, that we are requesting to circulate and adopt in March. Uh, the total estimated administrative budget of $600,753 uh, with an administrative rate of $5.65 per acre foot of production. The biological assessment is calculated um, each year based on the CCI, which was about 9.4% increase, bringing the, the prior $1.11 per acre foot rate to $1.21 per acre foot of production. And the replacement and makeup assessment rate of $565 per acre foot. Uh, this rate was actually adopted by the MWA board in January and will be invoiced in um, June of this year for water year 22-23. The water year 23-24 and water year 24-25 rates um, are circulated as a not to exceed and a projected rate, but the final rates will be adopted by the MWA board um, next year and the, the following year, respectively. So next steps um, today is the um, proposed recommendation for the draft budget for fiscal year 24-25, as well as the proposed assessment rates for water year 24-25, um, which will be billed in fiscal year 25-26, um, and also to request and authorize to circulate the budget and rates to all parties. March 1st of 2024, no, uh, notices will be mailed out to the all parties. And then March 27th uh, will be a public hearing to receive comments and adopt the budget and assessment rates to be effective water year 24-25. So the recommendation this evening, uh, staff recommends that Watermaster authorize staff to circulate the draft budget and assessment rates by March 1st, 2024, and set a public hearing to receive comments and adopt the proposal at the regularly scheduled meeting on March 27th, 2024. Available for any questions. <clears throat> Thank you, Ms. LeCur. Uh, question, Director Page, no? Director Limbaugh? Comments, questions, Director Hoffman? Raleigh? I don't have any either at this time. 
Um, I think we went over this last month or earlier in the year. So uh, I guess we're just looking for a motion. Then again, this is uh, to um, <clears throat> set in motion our uh, notification process for the public hearing in March. So we have a motion by Director Page, a second by Director Limbaugh. And it works. Did we ask if there were any public oh, comments? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. Are there any public comments on the budget or the fee? Thank you, Andrew. Okay, I apologize for that. Um, I didn't see any comments, requests for comments, so we will go ahead and um, note that the motion passed. Director Cox had to leave the meeting at about six o'clock. Reflect that in the record. And so now we will move on to uh, executive officer report. Uh, Chair West, we have one more item under item number nine. nine. Oh, gotta pay our court. All right, it's a rough start for me here. I got off to a good start, now I'm running on empty. Okay, number nine. Consider adopting annual court fees and service fees. Thank you. Yeah, you're doing just fine. Um, and uh, I'll pass this over to uh, David to walk through. Um, the, uh, this is separate from the assessment rates. This is the court fees and service fees, which the agency charges for specific um, actions. Uh, the, sorry, the Watermaster does. So with that, please, David, take it away. Yeah, thank you. Um, in the interest of brevity, I'm, there is a, a memo with about three paragraphs in it. I'm not going to read them. I just want to say that this is something that we've been doing for several years now. Uh, the Riverside Superior Court did not change their filing fees. So we are not going to change ours. It's still 450 per party to file and 450 for total service. Um, uh, again, this is this is just an ongoing thing that we continue to do, and it's not changing from this year to last year. And that's okay. all I have on that. Director, question before we go to public comment. Okay. Um, any questions, Director Raleigh? No. No. Um, any public comment? Not at this time. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. Well, we have a motion by Director Hoffman and a second by Director Limbaugh. For no change in court fees. Well, I guess, sorry, I should have said that I have to go through the, uh, the action. That staff recommends that Watermaster adopt the court's first appearance fee of 450 per party and a court service fee of 450. Um, so, so motion. That was the recommendation. Okay, ready to move to item ten, executive officer reports. Thank you, Chair. Um, uh, there is just the standard reports. Um, I'm looking at you, David. Are you going to give these today? Yes. Okay, great. We'll go right over to David for those. So the first uh, first report we have is the status of groundwater storage, and, and as you can see, these numbers are much bigger than they were um, last month, last month, and, and of course last year. Um, I'll go through these pretty quickly. In Alto, we have 183,285 acre feet stored with 10,385 in the inventory claim program. 
In Baja, we have 25,072 acre-feet stored. In Centro, 35,469 acre-feet. In Este, 1,334. And currently, OSD is still zero, but we're working on that. Uh, for a total of 245,160 acre-feet uh, total in storage. Any questions on this slide? I don't think so. So the next one, uh, Watermaster uh, Party's producers reporting percentage for the first quarter of 23-24. Um, it's up slightly over uh, fourth quarter last year. Uh, we mailed up 100 reports, 74 came in for a total of 74%. Um, and actually, Centro and, and OSD are leading the pack in this race. Uh, we still have some work to do in Alto and, and or, excuse me, in Baja and Este. Any questions? No. Um, that's all I had for the, uh, the executive officer's reports. Thank you. Um, on to item C. Mike. Do you have item C on here? Is that, where is that, that report I guess is coming? Are you talking about the annual report? The Watermaster yes. annual? Yeah. Oh, I sorry. think Dave just skipped that, but um, we have prepared the annual report and it's available for review and it'll be on our website. I think I saw that. And yeah. it'll be out front for anyone to look at. So we're just reporting that it's the draft one has been completed and we will have a public hearing in March, the same time as the others to adopt it. Thank you. Any other questions? Thanks, Val. Okay, anything under other reports? Item D, okay, engineer's reports. We'll go right to A, and um, Mr. Wagner's going to give this report. Uh, we're in the hydrograph go. Hmm. Here a moment ago. There it is. There it is. There it goes. Okay, looks like we had a measurement at um, February 14th, I guess, just around 21 CFS. Uh, we are course tracking this like we always do making um, uh, filling in the blanks when the month pass and we get data and then making projections based on last year when we don't um, right now the measured and projected VVWA discharge would be uh, 14,781 last year it was a little little over 14,000 uh, 2023 2022 was 15,000 so these numbers are very close over time as I said and with that that's unless there's questions that's all I have to say about this this month. Thank you. Legal reports. No legal reports, thank you. Okay, um, director's reports, director Page. Director Limbaugh? Nothing. Director Hoffman? Nothing. Director Raleigh? No. I have none. Do we have closed session tonight? No closed session tonight. So, uh, any other business discussion items for next or future agenda? It went off. It went off. <laughs> I have two. Um, Fish and Wildlife, thank you for coming today. Um, I know you only got it right before this meeting and it, it's got a lot of things that are pertinent to your role in, in the adjudication. So uh, hopefully over the next month, 
you will have time to develop those and I would expect uh, at the next water master meeting to get an update on how we addressed your concerns about um, ramping up <laughs> from where we we are today um, there are legitimate concerns in your letter you made some history is this why why is history changing so hopefully we'll have that and if you find anything else because I understand you didn't have time to complete your review so that that would be germane uh, for our when we go to the court next month second one is I hope that uh, the uh, staff and watermaster addresses the concerns in the transition zone from a standpoint of maybe making recommendations to this board where we need to go with our further analysis and uh, hydrogeological investigations regarding the transition zone, the central area, and the whole uh, kit and caboodle that takes place there. Because their letter raises a lot of uh, conditions. So I know we have a lot of new capabilities to gather data and analyze it. So that, that probably needs to be done over the next year, if possible. So those are my comments. Thank you, Director Limbaugh. Okay, anything else? All right, we will adjourn at 6.15. Thank you, everyone. Always wanted to do that. Good job.